Hi, I'm T2, and I support Jedex Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Jedex Grown Up. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this episode 109 of the Gen X Grown Up <laughs> Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know that Mo is here with us. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we'll review the new thriller from A24 titled After a Barnyard Animal. <laughs> Test drive some kitchen tech to help you get that morning jolt of caffeine. And check out the newest entry in the very popular Far Cry series of open world adventure games. We're going to get into those topics and much, much more, including some possibly spoilery, possibly not, about the new James Bond. I'm dying to hear about that. I'm going to see it yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, first, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Fourth listener this time around is, are you ready for this? It's my favorite name lately. Thunder Moose. That, that's all right. Okay. Thunder. I like such a great name. Thunder Moose actually wrote in, not via email, not even via Discord, but a comment on our podcast post on the website, which you can wow. do, but rarely do ever yeah, do that. Yeah, hardly anyone does that. I cool. didn't know that was a thing. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Thunderboost commented on the Galaga 40th anniversary, and he wrote in to say, awesome listen, you guys. I have the same thing with the zoning in when I go to an arcade. The first thing I always do is check to see if there's a Galaga machine, and when I play, everything around me disappears. <laughs> That's a good man right there. I'm a big fan of Thunder Moose already. So you're coming around to Thunder Moose yeah, now, yeah. aren't you? See? He's more than just a pretty name. Yeah. <laughs> he says that it's in its simplicity one of the best games ever, which I mean, think we all knew that. He goes on to say, to you, George, I almost do not dare ask, but what is your high score roughly oh. on Galaga? Oh, so I have to answer or you were just reading his email? No, I'm reading his question and now you have to answer. Yeah, that's going to take <laughs> some time. Uh <laughs> I'm really not sure. I I never did keep track of high scores like other than just putting my initials in the video game. Uh, mm -hmm. The only time I ever tracked high scores was when you and I were doing our video game challenge thing and I was tracking my Donkey Kong high score. And the score really mattered. See there, if it right? would measure yeah. up to yours, which it never did. Um, but <laughs> I don't know score, honestly, but I know levels usually depending upon the rev, uh, the version of the chip that I'm playing, whether it's a fast shoot or normal shoot, mm -hmm. uh, level 20. 25 to 35, somewhere okay. in that range. 25 to 35. So so do the math. And it's George, so you can count on every challenging stage is a perfect 10K probably. So do the Pretty math much, in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So he's in roughly. So there you go. That's roughly. So now he's got to go get a calculator out and figure out what roughly <laughs> what that entails. All right. He wraps it up by saying, also, thanks for those grouping and messenger tips, by the way, that you get. Ah, so messengers like when the when the field is populating and the guys come down at you out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Well, that's I'm glad it helped. That's awesome. <laughs> Pro tips. Yeah, absolutely. We are glad you enjoyed that episode of Thunder Moose. Uh, we appreciate that you wrote in to let us know about it. Hey, if you would like your email featured here on the show, it is super easy. You just have to hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com or comment on our post over on the website or on Discord or any of the many places that we get feedback. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, most everyone gets featured here on the show. Hey, with that good business behind us it is time to jump into the body of the show right after this break 
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Ever since Unisom, people have abandoned their old sleep medicine. Because medical tests prove people fall asleep faster and sleep better all night with Unisom than without. Take Unisom for faster, better sleep. We're getting going with media right at the top of the show. Of course, it could be uh, TV or comics or books or music, but that, it's film right now I want to hear about, actually. I talked about that James Bond film. And George, I know you went out and uh, checked the latest James Bond, No Time to Die. Daniel Craig, and I want to hear what you thought about that film. Oh, well, first I thought they really should start putting bathrooms inside the seats at these films <laughs> because this damn thing was three hours long. It was long. Oh, yeah, it was I saw that. incredibly yeah. long. And it, it definitely felt three hours. It's not like some other films where the three hours seem to fly very fast and you're like oh wow that was three hours i didn't even notice no this one i definitely noticed the time not in a bad way it was very deep they didn't seem to cut anything out that i would imagine might get cut you know like a lot of times you go see a film and you're like felt like something was missing between Mm -hmm. these two scenes or something like oh okay didn't feel like that at all with this I don't want to get into any spoilers because this is a very recent film. Hell yeah. It's also a very important film in the James Bond franchise, especially as it relates to Daniel Craig. I don't want to go too much more into that. I will say they picked up on storylines and through lines all the way from Casino Royale yeah. till now. No. It was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. you. So you saw it too, Mo. You yeah. understand then. Yep. There was stuff in there that uh, it felt like it was a good time to do this or to do that uh, with different characters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I... <laughs> It's just tough. Mo will probably back me up on that. It's hard to say anything without spoiling yeah. a big plot point of the film. I mean, I'll say that it's a James Bond movie with great stunts. I think Daniel Craig is still one of the best James Bonds out there. You know, he's done mm-hmm. an amazing job on it. Mm-hmm. Cool tech stuff they had in it, of course. Cool cars, beautiful women. You know, I mean, all the James Bond staples were all there. So James sure. Bond. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they said the thing I thought was kind of unique, though, is that, you know, it was the first time that these, you know, usually James Bond movies are all pretty much standalone. Like you could see them out of order or whatever. It doesn't really matter for the most part. This mm-hmm. one, though, it's like they made a lot of callbacks and it was interesting. They did. Yeah. I would say that was a good hour and a half of the film were callbacks from the other storylines yeah. for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I think. For the Daniel Craig series of Bond films, that's kind of been true throughout most of them. They're not as many as this film, but when you watch Quantum of Solace, mm-hmm. there's some definite drawbacks straight to Casino Royale. And when you watch mm-hmm. Skyfall and, you know, that's true. when you watch yeah. Spectre, they're, all those films definitely relate to each other and the characters give little new pieces of information you know like inspector when you first see hugo blofeld and he's you know telling him you thought that was individual things but that was really me messing with your life the whole time because (laughs) you're a jerk and i hate you because my father loved you more and all that (laughs) you said it was long and you could feel it but it didn't feel like not in a bad way Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can tell me you can't answer this because it's too far in spoilery territory but i think it was pretty well set up that this is probably 
probably the last Daniel Craig Bond film. Do you think it was three hours because like they were doing the victory lap? Like, hey, here's the wrap up of the Daniel Craig. Do you think that's why mm. there's so much there? Or was it a what's the reason you think it had to go so long? If I answer that, I'm kind of giving is it OK? It really kind of playing into what is a spoiler. I don't know, Mo, is it? Common knowledge that this is or isn't the last Daniel is, Craig. Yeah, everyone knows that this is the last one. Okay. In fact, I don't think he wanted to do this one, actually. No, I, I don't think he wanted to do the last one. I, well, I know yeah, that right. he talked yeah. about that in the past. Yeah. Answering that definitely allows me to say, yes, I think that they played service and homage to the Daniel Craig Bond storyline. Okay. Yeah. And plus, this one also had a really good villain. Yeah. Is that the Rami Malek villain? Yeah. He was a really good adversary in this he one. He was almost a throwback adversary. Yeah, he was. Kind of like, right? yeah, but it was very cool, though, the way they did him and how he tied. Like, he wasn't just like some random schmo either. I mean, it all tied together. So it was very cool. Yeah. And he had depth. Like, yeah. with a lot of the Bond bad guys in the past, they didn't always have depth. They were just evil guys looking to yeah. rule the world or an island or whatever. I have a giant laser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say uh, the last couple of bad guys of these Daniel Craig Bond films, they have all been oh, yeah. emotionally deep characters and yeah, for sure. maybe that's one of the reasons why I like these films so much. Yeah. How do you think you would rate it? So now, I mean, I, I don't mean amongst the other Bond films, just like as a rating with our, our token scale. Uh, on the AMC list scale, definitely full price. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Don't okay, be price yeah, I would pay for this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. On our token scale, four and a half. Mm. That's very respectable. Oh, it was yeah. a very good movie. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't perfect. A lot happens in it but though. But yeah, <laughs> like it, it kind of needed to be a part one and part two in order for them to be perfect. Perfect. So this should have been like James Bond, the Deathly Hollows part one and two. Oh, right. Deal, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wrap it all up. I see. Yeah. Very cool. All right. No time. I can't wait to see it. You know, I, I appreciate you keeping it spoiler free, not just for our listeners, but for, I haven't had a chance to see it. And I'm dying. I used to see all the Bond films opening night and I've had some reasons I couldn't go this time, but I'm eager to go check it out as soon as I can. So I'm so happy to hear that after waiting, what, almost two extra years after the yeah. trailer started dropping, yeah, that it's actually <laughs> was worth the wait. All right. Mo, how about you? Now, the film you went to see <laughs> is no James Bond, but it's something oh, no. I'm very intrigued by. And it's something that George alluded to a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So I went and saw Lamb. Lamb. It's an A24 film, which they did, The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. I thought it was bizarre. I went and saw this with my girlfriend because she really wanted to see it. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, it's another artsy kind of thing, which it was because it takes place in Iceland. And again, I don't want to give away like spoilers on it, but people in Iceland don't talk a lot. <laughs> can we so, start with the premise before we figure out how batshit crazy it was first? So what, what's going on in the film? Oh, shoot. Or can you summarize it? It takes place on a sheep farm. Makes sense. You know, it's one of those farms that's like 20 miles away from anything else and beautiful scenery. I'll just say that it's a strange... A strange thing occurs with this husband and wife that run the farm. And basically the movie is just them sort of dealing with it. And it's it's a very like low-key, slow burn kind of film, like all these kind of movies are. At the end, I mean, we talked about this movie for a good couple hours afterwards. Like we're mm. like, well, why did oh. this happen? And see, like, what are the and then the more we talked about it, actually, the more I kind of liked it. Cause when I was watching it, I was like, that was weird. That's all I left with. I left with like that was bizarre. And then we're talking about it, oh, why do you think that happened? And we kind of went through it and we're like, I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool that I think about it that makes a lot of sense da, 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 da. so if I had to put it on our scale I would say AMC free use one of your free slots for this nothing you would have wanted to pay for 
Yeah, and you feel be probably less critical if you didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the fact that you were talking about it hours later yeah, makes we me were. very intrigued. Even if you think it's crazy, I can tell you're being intentionally vague about what's oh, yeah. going on there. Something happens. It's it's on a you yeah. Know. But talking about something hours later doesn't necessarily make it a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it could be a very bad thing that you should never it go engaged inflict you, on somebody else. It got though. you thinking, and yeah. I think that's exactly. that's it's the it. thing I that mean, we were me. thinking about because yeah. there were some things that happened that were just strange. Well, yeah, the trailer alone they're walking an a uh, lamb walking upright on its hind legs wearing a damn raincoat what the hell is that about it's weird and it starts weird but after a while you're like all right <laughs> you're just accepted <laughs> he's desensitized <laughs> to the weirdness he just buys and the it thing that gets me though is like you said the dialogue i guess because they said like the people from iceland they don't talk a lot and some strange crap happens and you talk about this couple seeing some stuff that i would be just fucking screaming and running down the street they sort of look at each other and go huh <laughs> and I'm looking I'm like that's it that's the entire reaction to this I so mean, they're very stoic people it sounds like yeah they're very stoic that sounds generous yeah yeah <laughs> the thing was that, that I liked is that some of the strange things we actually figured out like oh that's because of XYZ and it made sense like where at the movie we're like that's just weird and after thinking about it a little bit it was like oh okay that makes sense so unlike the lighthouse you were able oh to figure God. it out later not lighthouse you're, I still don't still fucking baffled, understand that right, movie like, I have no idea what happened in that movie I have no idea what was the whole thing with the light and the squid thing? I have no idea what's no, going on with yeah. that movie now I want to see it I liked pig now I'm going to like lamb all the barnyard all the barnyard things are going to be on my list this year I think <laughs> wow okay well you got it first John so I saw another film like No Time to Die the Bond film that was supposed to come out I feel two years ago and I've seen the stupid trailer for it for two years <laughs> I think and I was ready to hate this film because I'm sick of the trailer and it just looks stupid every time I saw it, it looked stupider it was the night house Oh, the reverse. Is that the one with the mirror house thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The the reverse okay. house. Yeah. 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 I watched it streaming because I didn't go to the theater. I was I'm even still in the theater. It came out back in August, actually. And I finally got around to seeing it because I'd given up on it after seeing the trailer so much. I'm like, I'm tired of this. I don't see <laughs> yeah, it anymore. I know the movie now. Yeah. Right. But I did want to finally see it. And I'm like, I'm kind of in the mood for a thriller, a horror movie kind of thing. It's October. And it was a recent one. So I, I, I gave it a watch. And first thing, I will say that it isn't a bad movie at all. It turned out to be way better than I thought. But I can also tell you it's not a horror movie. It looks like a horror movie from the trailer. Uh, if you saw the trailer, the basic premise was... Because you see the bloody footprints and all that fun stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the basic premise is this woman is a school teacher, and you join the film just a week or so after her husband has committed suicide on a rowboat out behind the house they built. And she's dealing with that. And he did leave her a very short, like, one-sentence cryptic suicide note. So essentially, she feels, you know, betrayed and abandoned by her husband, doesn't know why, you know, she, he would leave her alone like this. Her friends are trying to support her. And in the midst of trying to kind of figure out and make sense of his suicide, she discovers, you've seen in the trailer, yeah. you know, she finds this mirror image of their house they built, like even the letters are backwards and what's going on inside of that house. And it quickly turns from a horror movie that it looks like in the trailer to more of like a, there is some metaphysical stuff going on a little, almost like life and death, you know, heaven and hell kind of stuff swirling around that it gets a little metaphysical and loopy, but it turns into a study on grief, like how you deal with the loss, you know, unexpected loss hmm. of things. And even though it is somewhat scary, it's more like it's scary. The more you think about it, than it is scary. What you're seeing on screen, the things on screen are trippy, but they're not frightening. They're just like, what am I seeing? Like a house of mirrors kind of thing, a like weird stuff that's going okay. on. 
Have either of you had a chance to check this out or did no, you just miss not. it like I did? Yeah, I just totally missed it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I kept meaning to go see it, but it was in the time when uh, my wife nor my son had the A-list. So it was just me and it wasn't a film that I felt like going to watch on my own. And pay for either and to pay for other people to get tickets. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It surprised me. Uh, it's not a marathon like, you know, the kind of the Bond film was three hours. It's like a normal like hour 40 movie. It's easy to get through. So it's one of those that now that it's on streaming, I would really recommend, I would not have recommended going to see it in the theater. It's not that kind of movie. It doesn't need to be on the big screen. But as a character study, the whole film is carried by Rebecca Hall. She's the lead actress in that. She's the the widow's spouse. Okay. Yeah. And it's really, it is a one character play. I mean, she is the primary. She's in every scene. She's the most important part of this. And she does a good job of carrying it. So as a study, as a thriller, as a kind of uh, in introspective paranormal deal, worth seeing now, now that it's streaming, you should go and check it out. So the okay. night house turns out not as bad as I thought it was going to be actually. And even the parts that are weird, when it goes back to Rebecca Hall, she's a good enough performer that you forgive those little plot holes and stuff. Okay. It's actually pretty decent. Cool. All right. Yep. Cool. I'll check that one out. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. A lot of banks are talking about simplified banking, but they can't seem to make all the pieces fit. Only Alpha puts it all together in one account with one statement with free unlimited use of California's largest full-service ATM network. For the easiest banking ever, keep your eye on the ball. Alpha, California's fastest-growing account. There's only one Alpha, and it's only at Bank of America. Let's get into tech and toys. Let's mm-hmm. find out what we've been spending our money on. I'm going to lead us off this time because I got something that's not a huge deal, but it's kind of cool. I'm a big coffee drinker. I know neither of you guys really are, but I'm a big, big coffee drinker. Yeah, I love coffee. Me. Okay. But I'm also pretty lazy. So I have one of those curry K-cup things that I've been using pretty much all the time to make coffee. Okay. But somebody gifted me some really amazing like ground coffee that you can't really use in the K-cups because they really don't do a good job on it. Right. So I was like, okay, let me see if I can find something that I can make a single cup of coffee that's really good without having to well, wash pots and all that stuff. You have to make, brew a whole pot, but you want to take hey, advantage yeah, of this cup at a brew. Time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Moga a coffee maker. Great. Moon on. Yeah. What the <laughs> Not just any what coffee are we maker. doing with this podcast? <laughs> from bidets, we went from coffee bidets to coffee makers. Yeah. Well, it's a toy. I can say this is a toy because what I wound up getting was this thing called an AeroPress coffee maker. 
I got it through Amazon. And I'll throw a link in there, of course. But what you do is you guys seen those French presses coffee that, you know, you yeah. fill it up and then you push the plunger down. It pushes all the grounds to the bottom, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Oh, it's the thing that makes your coffee a craft project, right? Uh, yeah. It's like it hisses and moves and plungers and funky things. stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. This one, though, so imagine a small one that you put right over your cup and you put the coffee in it. You pour the boiling water in it. You let it sit. And then you have a plunger you push down the top that forces the coffee through this filter and into your cup. And it actually makes a really good cup of coffee. I was like surprised. I mean, the cleanup was super easy. And apparently this is like really popular for people who go camping and stuff because there's nothing electronic. On. As long as you have boiling water, you can make coffee. It's one of those things I'm like, this is so simple. No one really thought of this, but apparently the person has this patent on it. So you can only get you know, the only one out there is this guy's brand because he was probably pretty good as far as getting patents set. For a simple one cup at a time coffee thing, it was pretty impressive. All I got to do is boil water. Now I can make my coffee in the morning. So it's pretty cool. So it's just a plunger coffee thing. So yeah. it, that, try to help me visualize. So like how big is it? So it's not powered, no battery power. Anything. I bet it's, it's not just bigger hand. around than a regular coffee mug. Right. It's actually much smaller. So it's about eh, maybe oh, okay. two inches around maybe at okay. most. And it's about six inches tall. So you could also probably use this if you had like loose leaf tea as well, right? I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Same kind yeah, of. you definitely could. So what does a gadget like this cost? Is it is it economically better than just getting a K-cup or I know you had, you had coffee you wanted to use, but is it practical? So the whole press thing, it's like 30 bucks total. 30 bucks. Yeah, it was 30 bucks. So it was not, not cheap. I get a coffee maker for 30 bucks, I think, can't I? You could. You actually could. It's <laughs> yeah. easy. I could make one cup at a time, which hmm. is something important to me because I don't, sometimes days I drink one cup, some I drink three and I hate wasting coffee. You know, if I make a pot, I would drink the whole pot. So mm-hmm. this kind of helps me. Didn't John just spend like 30 plus dollars on a water gun that squirts your butt? <laughs> Well, yeah, but I was saving toilet paper there. Yeah, but this is coffee. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So uh, he's giving Mo crap for spending $30 on this press coffee. And he's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, whatever you enjoy. I'm not raining on your parade. I'm just curious if it makes sense. But you, really, it's designed to have if you have good regular coffee. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's yeah okay. 30 bucks. I was like, yeah, it's not too bad, but it's right. really easy to use, easy to clean. So I'm very happy with An it. And AeroPress. And I'll throw a link on there for you. Of course, the folks yep. out there. So that's what I got. So, John, what do you got going for us? I finally splurged on a gadget that I will use a whole lot, but it costs a little too much for what it is. But I'm not <laughs> upset with it. Where does this squirt water at? Yeah, uh, no, no. There's, there's a, keep water away from it. Actually, this okay. is electronic. Okay, <laughs> all right. We talk all about how we enjoy playing games, and most of us play games on our PC. We have a Switch and some consoles, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. majority of the things I play, I play on the PC, and I play with an Xbox One controller, mm-hmm. and they're fine. They're, yeah, they work. They're, they're great, actually. They're, yeah. they're quite great. No complaints. But when that's the tool you use, it's like, yeah, you have a car. Yeah, you have a car. Eventually, you want a really nice car. And so this kind of, yeah, I have a controller. Yeah, I have a <laughs> okay. controller. Eventually, you want a really nice controller if it's the one you use all the time. And so I finally sprung for an Xbox One Series 2 Elite controller, the super duper version of the uh, game controllers made by Xbox. What makes it elite? I'm so glad you asked. I have a list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. But wait, there's more. It is. So there's a lot of little things that it can do, both software wise and hardware wise. First of all, the thing itself is quite a bit heavier than a traditional Xbox One controller. It feels great in your hand. The stalks of the controller have these rubberized grips, so they feel really good. Kind of like a, not like a sticky rubber, but something you might have like in a car, right? Kind of like on a dashboard or whatever, like a nice feel that stays uh, cool in your hand and also easy to grip. And there's all these little features in it. Like, so take, for example, the hardware, you have the triggers, like you pull a trigger that you would use to drive a car. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's an analog, how far you pull it. Mm-hmm. And there are switches underneath that can change how far you have to pull it before it triggers the, I push that button. So if you're using that as a 
trigger on a gun, you don't need the analog part. You might want that to be quite a bit shorter. So it's a small throw to pull that trigger. Hmm. The sticks themselves, everything on the stick is magnetic. So you can like take and pull the tops off of things. And it comes with a box full of alternate tops, taller tops, concave, convex tops. The D-pad itself, you can pull off magnetically. They have two or three different D-pads. Once you pull off the stick tops themselves, there's a little gear in here. It gives it with a tool that you can adjust to change the tension of that thumb stick. How stiff or rigid do you want it to be? How far do you have to push against it? Uh, and on the bottom, there are a bunch of extra little paddles. And those come into play in the programming of the controller. You go into the app you download from the Microsoft Store, and you can program everything, every button. You can say, I want the A button to be the X button, or I want the thumbstick to be the B button, or whatever. The game is agnostic to all that, right? It just says wherever it you sign It doesn't care. X it just sees it. That's X right. It's an X input controller. So for example, uh, I know we're going to talk in a little bit about Far Cry 6. The mm-hmm. thing that bugged me about Far Cry 6 is I always want to run. And to run, I got to hold down on this left stick. And so it, it hurt my thumb. And so I mapped hold down on the left stick to one of those paddles. And so I can remap how the controller works. And you can have up to three profiles in the controller at the same time. And there's a little button to toggle between them, between games. And you could, hey, I'm playing this racing game. Let's go to config two. I'm playing this punching in a fighting game. Let's go to config one. And they're all built right in. There's one more feature that's a big selling point, I think, for George. Uh-oh. I remember him talking about how he doesn't like the light on the Xbox controller oh, in his God. eyes. Yeah, I hate that. It's <laughs> like X light it's like a me? light from a lighthouse beaming straight to the back of my brain every time <laughs> wow. I turn on my controller. Yeah, we call that the Alan Wake syndrome. So yeah, yeah, I hate that thing. I want to like, I've actually opened up the controller to want to clip that LED, but I'm afraid it'll mess up the, the yep. controller itself. John talked about putting electrical tape over it, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. That looks ugly as hell. <laughs> That's one of the many configurable things about these elite controllers is that you can change the vibrancy of that light for dim ah. situations. You can make it just about like you can't see it. Like it's almost off entirely. Now I'm just scared about the price because I know if yeah, they let me do that, expensive. it's going to be expensive. Yeah. It, so it feels like a premium piece of tech. You know how you get a brand new phone and you open it and you're like, oh, this is something, right? It's got some heft to it or whatever. Traditionally, these Xbox One Elite controllers run for about $200. They normally run for 200. Normally. When you say normally, that means this is going to be more. No, no. I say that because I bought this one because it was at the lowest price it's ever been. Okay. okay. So typically an Xbox controller, a regular one, runs like $59, 60 bucks, yeah. 70 bucks, something like that. So this one was marked down the lowest it's ever been. It was 139. So it's only about double what a regular controller is. That's more than double, but okay. Yeah. Still pricey though. I said about. That <laughs> <laughs> does, does seem a little steep though for a controller. I mean, no, yeah. I agree with you. Do you know how long I had this in my shopping cart and didn't press buy? <laughs> it's a lot to pay for a controller. The other thing I'll mention is it comes in this beautiful hard shell carrying case that has all the accessories, all the different sticks and paddles and gears and all those things. And the case itself, you can leave the controller in the case and plug your USB-C right into the back of the case and charge the controller right in there. It has this little cradle it sits in. So the controller comes with a rechargeable battery as opposed to like 
like double A battery slots. That's right. You can't open this up. Right? It is a sealed box for charging, oh. and you can charge it either USB C or inside of the case through okay. through okay. the case USB C. Okay, and through the case, it's just like magnetic, like earphones. Right. Yep. Gotcha. And you could hook it up as wired if you wanted to. I guess I have. Right? Yeah. In fact, you have to hook it up as wired when you're doing programming for it to pass programming data. So you mm. do have to plug it in hardware. Oh, okay. But okay. otherwise, it's Bluetooth. Admittedly, it is the most I've ever paid for a controller at around, what I say, 140 bucks or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't regret spending that money. When you pick it up in your hand, you're like, okay, this is something that is sturdy. This is something, and I know how much I can do with it and how customizable it is. So if you're serious about playing games on your computer or your Xbox, I guess for that matter, and you've been through controllers, like I go through one every couple of years. It just wears out. George, you bitch about controllers all the time. You wear them out. You'd have no <laughs> I excuse. I don't know that I wear them out. I just bitch about the controller. Oh, you just, you just say they're worn out. I get it. Yeah. It's a really, really, I mean, the, the industrial design, the, the precision. It's like you, you see a car that like all the body panels line up perfectly and everything about it is precision versus just some Nissan you got off the lot. This feels like that premium John thing. John keeps relating this to premium cars. I think he's trying to do that to sell it to his wife. Honey, it's just like a premium car, only it didn't cost $40,000. It only uh-huh. cost one hundred and forty. dollars It worked out. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. And they're still at that low price. I think they're maybe they came up like 10 bucks to 149, but they're still like 50 bucks off of what they normally were. So if you ever thought about it, give mm. it a look at least. Maybe it's outside of the realm of what a lot of people need. I didn't need it at all, but well, I yeah. wanted it and picked it up. So we'll, we'll throw a link in there. And you can you can take a peek. All right. George, what about you? What are you looking at in the world of tech and toys? I, clearly, you're not buying a $150 game controller. I don't think I am. <laughs> fortunately, my thing is you can do for free. Oh, okay. I need Need that yes <laughs> so it's better than the 150 or 140 it's better than the 30 but it doesn't relate to gaming at all it doesn't relate to coffee this relates to your consumption of online media uh, as many of our listeners probably already know we all three have plex servers mm-hmm. cord cutters and we populate those plex servers with a couple of different apps that we use sonar and radar then we use different collectors to grab files for those applications that then download the media files for us and send them over to our Plex servers and they rename and do all this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. The only problem and not really a problem, but the only barrier that I've faced is discovering new content when you're watching stuff that you download, because like I have YouTube TV. So if I grab a TV show, I don't feel guilty about it because I'm already paying for that TV Mm -hmm. show on YouTube Mm TV. But when you grab it on Plex and you watch it on Plex, oftentimes the commercials are cut out, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the one thing you never really see are previews for other TV series on that station. Which is the yeah. place you would find out about <laughs> other things, right? Yeah. <laughs> so all of these services, Sonar, Radar, they all have in their settings this little section called Lists. I didn't really use them. I didn't play with them or anything. I got my Sonar set up. I got my Radar set up. I got my Plex server set up and I left it alone, right? Okay. So every time I wanted to get something that I heard us talking about here on the podcast or somebody mentioned at work or something, I would go into Sonar or Radar. I would add that show manually or that movie manually. Then it would grab it and I'd be happy. But discovering new content was something that wasn't really easy. So the other day I was playing around in one of the applications and looking at their discovery section and it was very... I don't know. It wasn't a good experience, I'll mm-hmm. say. It's not great. It's super generically based on what movies it thinks you have and like. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah. not awesome. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of sequels and stuff. And after you grab a few of the sequels, if you want to, then there's no real 
refresh of the list to get you newer things that might be related. It's just like, okay, your list is getting smaller and smaller. What I've found is that through systems like track.tv, it's a listing service that lists things in different categories. There are a couple of other services called MDB List. It is the ultimate track TV list for your multimedia setup. All right. So it's mdblist.com. You can go on this, create a free account, and then you can set up criteria of your own as opposed to just whatever track TV itself might have. Once you create that list, you can have it sync up with your track TV account, you can then put that track TV account in the list section of sonar or radar or whichever one you want, and it will automatically go out there and find stuff for you and grab it and put it on your Plex server through all the other stuff you already have set up. As if you'd edit it manually yourself. Exactly. Nice. All you have to do is put in the criteria. So you mentioned making a list. So for example, like what kind of criteria? I mean, is like movies starring Bob Jones or? Exactly. Or for me, the one I did was sci-fi movies released in 2021. Hmm. I can also assign different criteria to that list. Like say, okay, don't download anything that has a Rotten Tomato score of 50% or less. Oh, okay. That's what I was just about to ask. Like, <laughs> right. Every crappy cool. C-list movie that ever came out. I know. Sci-fi. You could, no. Or you could refine your list by multiple, multiple criteria. Actors that are in them, directors, writers, huh. ratings on different sites, all these crazy different criteria. You could create your own. You can also use popular ones from that site. Now, if you don't use track TV, TV, that's okay too. You can take the web URL of your personal list from their site. Mm-hmm. You can plug that into Sonar or Radar and it'll grab it straight from there. So wow. you don't even have to use Track TV if you don't want to. Oh, okay. All right. Podcast over. I have some work to do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're telling me I could have it automatically download every movie about Bigfoot automatically? Oh my you God. You absolutely <laughs> could. Don't yes. put the Rotten Tomato rating in there because <laughs> then we'll have three movies. That'll be You all. just put the Rotten Tomato 50% or lower and then you'd be okay. <laughs> and then the ones I like, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe I want all the brand new shows that are on NBC. That's cool. Right? Interesting. Okay. Wow. So there's a lot of things to play with. I've only barely scratched the surface of it yet. Just You've got the gears turning. I'm like, what could I use that for? What could I Mm -hmm. be fetching? That's neat. Yeah. And I only found it because I looked up a Reddit page when I was trying to figure out why a certain thing wouldn't work. And somebody was like, oh, and by the way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You have my attention? Yeah. Okay. Damn. MDB list. Yep. Fascinating. Okay. Very cool. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. You know, it's pretty obvious whoever invented cartons wasn't a mother. I mean, there must be a better way to to keep them closed tight. So at Citrus Hill, we came up with this new Fresh Seal carton. I bet it's easy for the kids to pour, huh? I, this is great. I like it. You can screw it back on and it seals so tight. And shake it up. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like opening a fresh new carton of juice every time. <laughs> and every mom can appreciate that. The new Fresh Seal Carton. 
a better package from Citrusil. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds in the GXG Gaming Division. Guys, I know that games has been a tradition with us since we started this podcast because mm-hmm. it's something we all three love and enjoy. I have something I want to do slightly different this time. If people okay. enjoy it, they can write in and let us know and I'll continue to do it. If they don't, maybe just a every now and then kind of thing. But I thought okay. we might serve our listeners a little bit more by letting them know where and when they can find deals on a more regular basis. So we've talked mm-hmm. about Humble Bundle and we've talked mm-hmm. about is there any deal and we've talked about Steam sales and whatnot, but we've often talked about them in the past, like something that's already been over and we've bought it and here's what sure. we found about it yeah you ran the whole the for a year you ran a through z things mm-hmm. that you bought in the past at great deals but it was too late to get them at that price yeah exactly so i went out and found a couple of sites um the first one that i want to talk about is a site called dailyindiegame.com. It's exactly what it sounds like. Every day they release, uh, or at least every week, they release a new bundle, and they're up to 600-plus bundles at this point that they've done over time, and they have independent games in them, which is very cool. This one that I'm looking at right now, it is the DIG Weekly Bundle 616. It's on sale until October 30th, so... A little bit different than some of the other bundling sites where they come up for like a week and then they go away. Mm-hmm. This entire bundle costs $2.99, which is a great price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have, what is this here? It looks like it's nine games in this bundle. No, oh, nine games for three bucks. Yeah. For three bucks that have a total value of $74.91. That's wow. not bad. Okay. Now that's at their retail price. Sure. I understand. Yeah. Who knows course. if they're good or not, but I wanted to give you an idea of some of the stuff that's on here. So there's a game called War Beasts, which looks like a, some kind of World War II fighter thing. There's one called Brickout. Uh, another one that John, this might hit you in your weird pig lamb feels. <laughs> it's called Shawarma or Shavarma. Not really sure, but it looks like a giant sandwich running around punching people. Okay. Something called Hidden Water, another one called Hidden Town, one called Gold Miner. These are all indie games, which mm-hmm. I think are hit or miss, obviously, but they're worth supporting because these indie developers, as we know from like Kartik, right? He mm-hmm. gave us Twin Cop oh, sure. and uh, the Gardner game that he just mm-hmm. released, and he's even got a new one that he's playing around with right now. Yeah, over Finite Reflection. Yeah, those guys. Exactly. Yeah. Indie games are typically, they're high quality, but they're often bite-sized. Like, you don't have to be committed for hours and hours and hours. You might play them for five or six tops and be done, right? right? Exactly. So that's one of the sales that's going on right now until October 30th. Another one is back on our old friend Humble Bundle. Oh, it's yeah. the Play Pink Bundle. The only reason why I mention this one is because it's got a couple of games that we enjoy playing on our Discord server. One of the games that's in this is Ticket to Ride. Oh, okay. yeah. Choo-choo. Good classic. <laughs> the Five Bundle has some other games like Pandemic. You guys remember that oh, yeah. Pandemic oh, sure. board game? It yeah. has the video versions of that. There's a 15-item bundle that has the original Ticket to Ride. It also has Carcassonne. Oh, right. Another yes. game that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. It also has some of the DLC for Ticket to Ride, which is the reason why I'm probably going to buy this. It has United Kingdom, Nordic Countries, Ticket to Ride USA 1910, a whole bunch of stuff. It has also Small World is in here. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. In the $25 range, it has a Game of Thrones, the board game. It has a game called Scythe Digital Edition, which Mm -hmm. I've heard of but never played. Mo, here's one that you might enjoy called Terraforming Mars. Okay. It has some Lord of the Rings stuff in there. It's a big bundle. This bundle is on sale until October 29th. So Mm -hmm. for the $12 (laughs) level, you get 25 items in that bundle. It's like 50 cents a piece. It's like you're going to find one or two things you like in that bundle and it's worth it, right? Exactly. So the other part I wanted to do, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some games that I think are interesting for a different reason. We want to mention them to our listeners because even though I haven't played either one of these games yet, I think it might be a good game to recommend just based on its history or its pedigree or who built it. Okay. First one of these is Back for Blood. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you guys have heard of this one, but it's kind of yep. the spiritual successor to Left for Dead, yeah, right? John, your daughter is big on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It just got released October 12th. It's not cheap. It's $60 for the regular. Oh, yeah. And yep. it goes up from there up to a Blood Ultimate Edition at $100. Yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah, you said pedigree. <laughs> you're not wrong. This is like a lot of the original developers of Left mm-hmm. 4 Dead that used to work for Valve. Yeah, worked exactly. on Back for Blood. Yeah, and I've watched the trailers of it. I watched some of the play, the gameplay on it. It mm-hmm. looks really good. The reviews are. They've got a little under five thousand reviews right now on Steam. It's got a overall score of very positive, which I think you mentioned last time, John. That's, that's like pretty good. Just one notch below. I think the it's best one from score. the best you can do. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so great. Be on the lookout if you enjoyed the Left 4 Dead franchise at all, this looks like to be a worthy successor. Nice. Last game I want to talk about, I don't know if you guys remember a game called Plague Inc. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Uh-huh. You make the disease and you're trying to kill everybody. Exactly. Yeah. You, were, <laughs> yeah. you are the infection. Manipulate yeah, right. it as, yeah. like as the different scientists would come up with cures for your virus. You would add on little weird things to make it more virulent or deadly or whatever. This game is by the same people and it's based on the same kind of mechanisms, but it's called Rebel Inc. Okay. And instead of it being a disease, you are a terrorist trying to cause an insurgency in a certain area of the world. I really enjoy the Plague Inc. dynamic, so I think this might be fun as well, but it has more of a political slant to it, which Mm -hmm. should be fun. It's not too terribly expensive. Regular price is $14.99 for this game. Okay. That's not awful. awful. No, I think it's probably worth it if you enjoy those types of games. If you've Mm -hmm. ever played Plague Inc. and you enjoyed it, I think this is probably going to be something that you would enjoy as well. Rebel Inc. All right. Yeah. And Back for Blood, especially. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting for that to come down in price because I oh, just yeah. bought a bunch of full price games, but mm-hmm. we should play that together. That cooperative fighting oh, the zombies absolutely. thing. Oh, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, that's what I wanted to do with my section of the game segment. That's cool. Mo, yeah. yeah. I think you have a game that might have been somebody else's game, but you decided to talk about <laughs> it. So why don't you let everybody know? No, no. It was that John graciously let me take because we I both did. got this game. We were both looking forward to it but it's a uh, far cry six sure ah. um, yep <laughs> and uh what can i say i mean i've been playing it quite a bit it's far cry plus a little bit more like i think they kept all the good stuff they didn't get rid of any of the good stuff that the previous games have mm-hmm. they fixed some annoying stuff too that was nice oh, yeah they got rid of some annoying stuff too for sure although it's funny it's just, i don't feel as vested in this game yes exactly isn't that weird okay it's just me it's not just me okay no I it's not it was just, just you me. like it's the storyline is not as captivating as the other like the other one, I felt like, you know, when you're helping the people take it, you're like, oh, yeah, I got to help them. This one, I'm more like, yeah, I'll do this mission. I'll do this mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong. I could play for a little bit and put it down. And I'm OK with the other Far Cries. I'm generally would, would play for a long time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you always yeah. do that next mission. You want to do that next mission. They added a couple things were cool, like animal companions yep. that help you out. 
there's one that is just so freaking adorable. That it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little puppy dog kind of thing that has like this back legs are broken. So it has like these real things on it. And, but it, it runs around and it like distracts guards for you and it, you know, it can heal you. I mean, but it's so freaking cute. It's like, it's disgusting. Is it like a little wiener dog or something? Isn't I don't know, he? It's just adorable. It's just freaking adorable. Yeah. Chorizo is his name. Chorizo. Yes. Chorizo. Of course his name is Chorizo. And he runs next to you. He hears a little wheel squeaking. Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> I also have a crocodile named Guapo because yeah, he's so handsome. Of course. That likes eating people. He's good at that. Yep. Yes. He's very good yep. at that. I like the game. The game's all there. It's just uh, the acting is really good because it's got some big name actors doing the voices and the obviously the figures themselves resemble the actors very closely. Again, I just don't feel as vested in this as I have previous games. I don't know why. I would love to take just a minute to dig into that because isn't that weird that we're not so invested and it's Juan Carlos Esposito as the bad guy? Yeah. But rather than him being a malicious bad guy, he's kind of pitiable because most of the game when you see him, he's working to convince his teenage son that he should also be a bad guy. Yeah. Rather than actually being a nefarious bad guy. It's kind of like, okay, it's it's weird that but I'm enjoying it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not being pulled through it like, I gotta get this some bitch. It's yeah. like, I'll get to him eventually. I'll kill exactly. him. Exactly. I'll do some side missions. Yeah, right. So as a Far Cry outsider, I have a question related to <laughs> why you guys aren't as invested in this game. Uh-huh. Is it because it's number six in the franchise and it's kind of wearing no. out its welcome? No. Are they running out of ideas to keep you interested? I don't know. One through five, I've been invested in all of those. Yeah, but now you're on number six. I'll I'll tell you, George, I I think the one piece of what you said that I would agree with is the running out of ideas to keep me interested. Okay. The gameplay is great, but as we all know, the thing that we enjoy so much about most games that we love is what? The story. story. The story. The characters, right? It's just that this bad guy, though they poised him to be this amazing, best bad guy ever, he's just not as ominous. He's not as crazy. He's not as malicious as the others. So while I'm enjoying the game as much or more than the other games in terms of the actual mechanics, Mm -hmm. like you said, Mo, I don't feel being pulled through. Like, I've got to play another mission because that some bitch is out there hurting people. I'm just like, yeah. And oddly, the reason he's being a bad guy is kind of for a good reason. He's he's found a treatment for cancer by spraying this chemical on tobacco leaves and you're like well that's great <laughs> wait cigarettes are going to cure cancer right this exactly is right? actually is yeah <laughs> but the problem is he's enslaving his own people to work on these tobacco plantations and they're getting poisoned by the gas even though it's a treatment for cancer like he's a bad guy but he's kind of doing a good thing yeah ish yeah yeah it's hmm. i don't know maybe it's too convoluted maybe i need a more black and white bad guy he's a little yeah. grayer yeah it definitely is very gray yeah so so it, you know that's fun, what i got fun just <laughs> me yeah still <laughs> Still loving it. It just doesn't yeah. drag me through it. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, John. So, so you gave great stuff to give me that one. I assume you had something to take its place. So yeah, yeah I had something <laughs> I also wanted to talk about and I, I didn't want to pull a George and double dip and do two games. So I'm just wow. one game. <laughs> I did my thing as a service to our listeners. No, oh, I didn't mean this thing. I mean, how you'll do two movies or two TV shows. It's that not, I loved your game part. Okay. No, no, well, not that's, fair. That, that's, totally, that's, that's <laughs> legit. Okay, that's legit. Well, that's fair. Uh, you're going to forgive me because the thing I'm going to talk about here is something that you're going to like. Okay. Remember when you exposed us to a mobile game called Retro Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retro Bowl, the football game that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah, like a little tech it's mobile. Great, and I yeah. have been addicted to it and can't get off of it. I cannot find another game to get me <laughs> off of Retro Bowl. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of playing that game. <laughs> but every time I open my phone, I'm like, oh, this will take about five minutes. This is fun enough. And I look, I got to find another game that's better. And I couldn't. Well, I found another game. <laughs> it's broken my streak of playing Retro Bowl. And just by its name, George, you're probably going to want to rush out and buy it. And I won't blame you because it's free. Okay. It's called Galaxiga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds kind of like Galaxian. Sounds kind of like Galaga. And that's what it is. It's a space shooter. It's a classic arcade type space shooter. Now on your phone, how does that work? Well, it's always shooting. All you have to do is move your ship around. Yeah, I think I know this. Have game. you tried it? Have you seen this before? I, I think I. So there are a number okay. of these games of this fashion where essentially it's not that you have to be great with aim or anything like that. It's just you have to move your ship around the screen fast enough to avoid objects while it's constantly firing. I think that's called like a bullet hell game where there's tons and tons of bullets. Yeah. This is not quite a bullet hell game. In fact, okay. there are things about this as I played it I'm like oh I bet George would like that oh I bet George would like that (laughs) it's almost like every single level is a challenging stage from Galaga, which I think is awesome because ah, they, okay, every level they enter fun. the screen. And by the way, there are no messengers and they don't fire at you very much. It's really just about figuring out the pattern so they don't wreck into you while you blast them. Okay. Like an Arkanoid-esque game, they drop power-ups, like increase your firepower or uh, right. a missile burst or something like that. So when you read the reviews of it, it has really high reviews. It's been out for a while. That's like a 4.5, 4.6 on the Google yeah, Play Store. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now on the Google Play store 4.6 is where it's at and right there's now. a lot of okay. reviews in there of people complaining about this game and let me tell you what they're complaining i see about. that too they're complaining that you can't just buy the game outright you have to either watch ads or buy coins okay i'm going to debate that in a okay. second they're complaining that it's too hard unless you buy the other things they're complaining that oh it's so much skill based that it's too difficult it's pay to pay to win pay to win this reminds me of the people when donkey kong 64 came out for the n64 uh-huh. and there was a level in there that was the first screen of donkey kong where you just go to the top of the ziggurat and where pauline is mm-hmm. i saw people on message boards going i can't figure out how to do this i keep getting hit by barrels like you young punks <laughs> are spoiled by difficulty these days i will say that the reason i also think that our viewers and you in particular george would like this if you like Gallagher or those kind of classic games. I haven't put a penny into this game. Okay. And I've gotten nothing but enjoyment out of it because it is difficult, but it's not punishingly difficult. If you have old school arcade game, we want your quarter kind of skills, it's really just about navigating, figuring out the little patterns and like perpetually shooting these guys. Plus it has bosses that come down that require you to spend maybe three or four minutes working on the boss. It has four or five different fire patterns and... In every sense of the term, it's like an old classic arcade game. Now, they definitely have parts in there I haven't touched. They have upgrading your ship. They have expansions. They have multiplayer. They have literally, if you want this ship, they say you can buy it or you can watch 10 ads. And there's a ticker. Watch nine more. Watch eight more. You don't have to, but if you want that ship, you can get it for free by watching ads. Is it more of a cosmetic thing or is it actually... No, they're actually functional and there's some levels you can only play with certain ships and that kind of thing. But even with the restrictions put upon you by the freemium model, I've easily gotten four hours of enjoyment out of this free game already and not once felt a need to spend money on it. Okay. I was looking on the Google Play Store page for this game and if you scroll past the reviews, there's some additional information section. And one of the things that Google is really good about is telling you how much the in-app purchases might cost. Oh, wow. Oh, That's, yeah. that, is hand, that is very handy. They give you a little range. I don't know if they do that on the Apple no, Store, they don't. but they do that it I've on seen Google anyway. Play. That, yeah. That's handy. 
so for this one, the in-app products range from $0.99 cents to $219.99. Yeah, you could buy as many coins and gems and crap. All that's earnable in the game, but it doesn't hurt the game unless you just are an upgrade fiend and you want the biggest ship. The only thing that I have a difficult time with is that top-end number. $219 for a phone app. I don't give a crap what that buys you. That's ridiculous. (laughs) There's no reason for it. shouldn't even be in there. Zero. Right, right. A full-blown game should cost no more than $20, bucks on a phone top if it's a super important super game. polished game yeah right. yeah there's no reason to have that but you have to have self-control if you play this game <laughs> if you're the kind of person that's going to click because you're impatient because you want that certain ship or whatever maybe stay away from this <laughs> or your parents credit card yeah or your parents credit card or your wife's credit card yeah, right, yeah. right but if you like this kind of game and you can restrict yourself from trying to rush in and i'm just gonna buy the gems kind of thing it is a well-polished, I wouldn't call it pixel, but pixel-inspired, 8-bit-ish, really amped-up version of a kind of a Galaga meets Galaxian meets Arkanoid meets 1942 kind of shooter that's just drag your thumb around, easy to play with one hand. It's a fun, fun game to play. Cool. So well, I'll definitely give it a shot. Yeah. I'm not going to pass up a Galaga-style game, <laughs> you know, so I'll yeah, give it a shot. I'm, I'm not spending $219 on it. Neither am I. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Everyone, everyone, everyone knows that everything, everything, everything goes. Get great clearance deals at your Chrysler Plymouth dealer. Everything goes, including Motor Trend's top-rated minivan, Plymouth Voyager. With front-wheel drive, Voyager's car-like handling, optional V6 power, and available room for eight. Every Chrysler, every Plymouth, every dealer, real winner. Buy one at your Bay Area Chrysler Plymouth dealer today. We have just about wound up episode 109, but as you know, before we leave, we'd like to take a few minutes here toward the end to talk about the things that we're looking at currently or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. So, George, why don't you kick us off? What do you have on the horizon? Yeah, uh, one of the first things that I'm looking forward to is a little bit more of FSU football. My team has finally (laughs) won a couple of games this season. (laughs) They went 0-4 to start, the worst start that they had had since 1975. Uh, They've had a lot of trials and tribulations, but it looks like they have finally pulled together as an FSU team of old. Their defense is strong. Their offense is moving down the field. The players are having fun. The coaches seem to be (laughs) in sync with each other. Almost no penalties, which that's a big thing at FSU. FSU always has like 20 penalties a game, but Mm -hmm. recently they've had like (laughs) as little as three or four penalties a game. So I'm enjoying it. I know it's the sports nerd in me, but I really enjoy watching college football. I think that's where most of the passion is. I don't get into the NFL that much anymore any of the pro sports the college sports really are something that i enjoy Mm -hmm. Uh, outside of that i'm also really enjoying amc in october they have this thing called 
AMC Thrills and Chills. Oh, so right. During the whole month of October on two nights per week, Wednesdays and Fridays at 7 p.m., for $5, you can go see a randomly chosen horror film. <laughs> I've seen two of them so far, and I'm going to go see more. The first ones that I've seen, the very first one was Train to Busan. Okay, uh-huh. that's a good one. Yep. Never got a chance to see that in a the theater before, so that was really awesome seeing right. it on the big screen. Uh, the second one that I got to see just this past week is Get Out. The Jordan Peele. The Jordan Peele oh, film. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's oh, a good one, too. Yeah. Another one that I didn't get to go see in the theater, and uh, it is definitely different. I watch these films at home mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting to go see them in the theater, and they're a lot of fun. The other nice little thing that AMC is doing is they're offering their cameo meal during these horror presentations. So at the counter, they will sell you a small popcorn and a large icy for $5. Okay. 10 buck movie night, basically. Yeah. That's been a while. <laughs> uh, with that, I'm also interested in going to see a new movie that's coming out soon called The Last Night in Soho. Don't know that one. What is that one? So this is the movie that the girl who is the main character in our modern day apparently has the ability while she's dreaming to go back to 1960s London and inhabit a another person and that other person apparently has some tragic happenstance befall her the reason why i'm interested in going to see this hmm. is because this is from the mind of edgar wright so he wrote it and directed oh, okay. it okay and edgar wright as some people may know he's the guy who along with simon pegg and nick frost was behind the cornetto trilogy mm-hmm. so you've got uh Shaun of the dead Hot Fuzz, and then End of Days or End of the World, the the bar alien rescue thing. Right, yeah. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to it because I love Edgar Wright, and this has a really interesting premise. Cool. Last Night in Soho. Any idea when it's coming out? Looks like it's going to release October 29th. Okay. I think that is the Friday, but as you know, with most films these days, they backdate a couple of showings to like the Wednesday Wednesday now. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you could probably see it today. (laughs) The way they release (laughs) films these days. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks. Yeah. What about you, John? You looking forward to anything? You're just going to sit there and watch a bunch of FSU football with me. Uh, I might do that now that they're doing better, but I do have some other (laughs) stuff I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So in the uh, kind of the horror vein, uh, there's another one of those cool riff tracks live events happening. I don't know if you've ever done one of those, but you know, if the spiritual successor to Mystery Science Theater 3000, the original talent from that have this new company called Riff Tracks, where they do audio tracks to parody popular movies. You can get one for for Jaws and for Avengers Endgame or whatever. Just download the audio. But they also do live events in theaters, those Fathom events where you go into the theater oh, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. happening. And they take old, horrible movies and they make fun of them, like MST3K. Oh my God. Really bad ones. So uh, October 26th is another one of those. They're doing Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which uh, is the fourth one. I've never seen it. I can't wait to hear them make fun of it. It doesn't have to be a good movie. It's their jokes that make it funny. They're making fun of it. It's another one of those. Uh, another thing that I'm really excited about, and I've talked about it over on the YouTube channel, is I purchased another product from Arcade 1UP. And this is ah. a countercade pong it has a couple of spinners it's this flat game it looks like it's about you know 18 inches wide it's designed for two players across from each other you have two paddles and two buttons I'm so excited about it. I was thought I was done with Arcade 1-Up because I reviewed some of their products and they weren't really for me. 
But I mean, this has Pong and Breakout and Warlords and Tempest on there with that wow. nice big spinner. Oh, that's nice. So I'm really excited about it. It's a game that it's uh, it's a title that we picked up and I'm going to review on the uh, YouTube channel. But I mean, more than reviewing it, I'm just excited to get this new piece of gear. It's been a while since any of these have come out that I was really amped about. And this one I really was. Cool. Uh, and then finally, the last thing I want to call out is another Star Trek series Woo-hoo! premieres October 28th on the Paramount Plus. That's the Star Trek Prodigy, another animated uh-huh. series. Is this one of the original nine that you and I shot a video about like a two years ago this or something? Is. Yeah, it okay. absolutely is. This is the one that's kind of like co-produced by Nickelodeon and it's kind of designed for kids. Yeah, okay. But there's enough in it. So the hologram of Catherine Janeway is a star of this new series. Okay. The idea is that there are a bunch of these ragtag kids, none of them in Starfleet, but they find a Starfleet vessel on this asteroid. They find this ship and escape on it. But the voice of the Federation is the hologram of Catherine Janeway, who's there to tell them how to be a good Starfleet crew. And they're not Starfleet at all. And they're all aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of designed for kids. I'm sure it's going to be a lesson of the week and how to help your friends and be nice to each other and no new drugs, okay, or whatever. But <laughs> it looks cute. The animation style is more 3D. It's not that, like Lower Decks is very kind of cartoony, whereas this is more like 3D, like a How to Train Your Dragon looking, you know, 3D uh, version of cartoon. So I don't care if it's for kids. I'm going to watch it. It looks interesting. So uh, you heard that Robert Beltran is going to be a uh, recurring oh, really? character. Yeah, cute. so we're going to see Chakotay again. He's a captain. So oh, a lot okay. of cool stuff to see. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Mo, how about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, so there's a movie coming out October 29th called Antlers. Since we did Pig and Lamb, oh. <laughs> we might as well go with Antlers. There's an animal part. That'll work. Yeah, yeah it's an animal part. I'm going yeah, with it. Yeah, this is the one with the kid in the weird yeah. attic space, right? Yeah. It looks weird enough that I may really enjoy it. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that one. I don't think it's lamb on hind legs and a raincoat weird. but No, no. But it's, it's a different kind of weird. I'm okay with it. It looks pretty weird. There's a Day of the Dead TV series starting yeah, on October 15th. Hmm. I have very low expectations for it, but I'm going to watch the first couple. (laughs) Yeah, I'm debating whether to ignore it or not. I don't know if it's going to be another Battlestar Galactica where I ignore it for two seasons and then find out it's awesome. Yeah, you never know, right? You never know with these things. But most of all, October 22nd, (laughs) final fucking Lee, (laughs) Dune is coming out. And matter of fact, I'm seeing it 21st. I don't know why they say it's released 22nd. It's actually 21st. You can see it. I told you they keep backdating these things. Release yeah, date, they do. Like 10 days from now, but you can see the movie today. Yeah. So I am. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. That's the one with the worms, right? Oh, yes. Wow. There's worms and sand and <laughs> desert and yes. And the spice and, and the spice. box. Yeah, I got Mo, you. I'm going to give you a little view into my family. My son, he doesn't really like to read, not nearly as much as you or I do. He saw the trailer for this and said, Dad, do you have that book? I heard it was pretty good. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely should read this book before we go see the film. Oh, yeah. Just super, super, super looking forward to it. I mean, it's got an amazing cast. Every trailer I've seen just looks better without giving away anything. So hopefully next time I know what we'll be talking about in our media section. Oh, we know what you're going to be talking about. Oh, I think that's yes. pretty clear. Good or bad. <laughs> I have a feeling it may be the only thing in the media section. We may just <laughs> if it's that spend big. the whole time talking Might about be. that. Might be. <laughs> well, before we leave, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our Patreon supporters. You might remember a few episodes ago, I thanked Curl Bro for being a new patron oh, yes. at the $3 mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Right. Really nice. We went back and forth a little bit. He even sent an email that was featured on a, a recent episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I look in my inbox uh, the other day and I see that Curl Bro just sponsored 
spontaneously bumped up to $5 for no particular reason, ah. just because. And I wrote him and I said, hey, was this on purpose? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he wrote back and said, I've been going through your backlog of podcasts and keep finding great content and material. It's making my 40-minute drive to work and 40-minute drive home more enjoyable. Keep up the good work. Wow, He just wanted you. to give us awesome, a little man. bit you. extra just because. Nice. Yeah. So, Curl Bro, thank you so much for your increased commitment to us. It really means the world uh, when you guys just, just do little random acts of kindness to say you love what we do and you want to see us keep doing it. So thank you so much for your support and to all the patrons and YouTube members out there. So, so much appreciate it. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. We're going to be back in two weeks with another one, but next week is our backtrack. This is a <laughs> much anticipated backtrack by many, many of our listeners. You might recall that uh, a few months ago, we had a debate about jump scares in horror movies. <laughs> and a few of our regular listeners wrote in with adamant opinions about what we said about jump scares oh, yeah. and the current state of mm -hmm. modern horror movies. Some were correct opinions, some were not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're right. And, and we're going to find out which of them were correct. <laughs> we're actually bringing in some of those listeners to join us on the next Backtrack, where we are going to talk about the modern state of horror movies and horror movie tropes and those sorts of things. We're going to debate some points. We're going to hear their points. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the most ambitious show we've done with six attendees, the three of us and three guests. It's going to be yeah. a big deal. Maybe a disaster, but we'll Maybe see. Maybe a disaster. <laughs> Tune in for the train wreck. You never know what's going to happen, yeah. but it will be an adventure. So I hope you'll join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you, man. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, you know, though, it's you. We all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. None of that was awkward. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Good, I'm glad. <laughs> the beauty of the edit. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.